Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, only you can steal my soul. First, this beautiful morning. Lord, my soul thirsts to be here again in your presence. Precious Savior, precious Lord, my soul thirsts to magnify you once again. Thank you for bringing me again into your presence. Thank you for the grace to call you Abba Father again this morning. We worship you as the covenant-keeping God. We worship you as the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. We worship you because you are the maker of the heavens and the earth. We worship you because you are Yahweh. Precious Lord, you are Yahweh. We worship you because you are the one who is from everlasting to everlasting. You said your name is I am that I am. We worship you, O God, because you are the hope of the nations. Be glorified forevermore in the precious name of Jesus. Lord, as we spend this time in your presence to read our Bibles once again, we ask, Lord, that you will speak to us. Let your words fill our hearts. And let your name be glorified in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, let me say a big welcome to everyone joining in to devotion this morning. I am Murphy Eyenike. So we continue our study, our study of the New Testament. We are currently in the book of 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 14. I hope you're doing well this morning. I pray for you, the grace of God, the peace of God, the mercies of God. We are bound with you in the name of Jesus. God will show you his mercies. In every area of your life, you will enjoy favor in the mighty name of Jesus. A big thank you. If you are joining for the first time, you're listening to this for the first time, thank you so much for for coming i pray that you are blessed and please uh, do make sure to share this with someone you love or someone you want to understand the bible much more all right so we dive straight back in and from our book in first corinthians you can see that look paul has been has been trying to uh, this church has been struggling yes struggling with a lot of carnal issues and and i think there are still some of the things we struggle in our churches today yesterday we read for we read first corinthians chapter 14 and you would be shocked at how the mistakes that paul addressed then are still the same things that we are addressing today it's it's quite it's quite interesting to realize that the Bible has been here for thousands and thousands of years, you know, and still we still make the same mistake. In fact, the final verses of chapter 14, verse 39, 
and 40, Paul says, So my dear brothers and sisters, be eager to prophesy and don't forbid speaking in tongues. He said clearly, don't forbid speaking in tongues. So while will anybody assume he was saying that don't speak in tongues or speaking in tongues was not necessary? He's obviously saying when he says don't forbid it, then uh, it's important. He has said already when you speak in tongues, you pray in tongues to God, you do well, you edify yourself, you build yourself up. Okay, so Paul was not saying that we shouldn't speak in tongues or speaking in tongues was not something we should desire. He says when we speak in tongues, we are speaking miseries to God. Okay, so it's very important that we have that. And he says, be sure, but be sure that everything is done properly and in order. So I said 1 Corinthians chapter 14 was Paul teaching the Corinthian church order, order in the house of God. Yes, there shouldn't be confusion. This one that we, in fact, now there's a new one where people will just be, you know, almost literally just misbehaving in the presence of God. And they call it Holy Ghost anointing. Okay. I don't know which Holy Ghost that they are anointed with, but the Holy Ghost that we see, the Holy Spirit that we see in the heart of the apostles that walked with the apostles, the disciples asked that they set things in order yes hallelujah all right so let's move on to first corinthians chapter 15 we take just 15 it's a long chapter but it's on the resurrection of jesus the resurrection of christ it says let me now remind you dear brothers and sisters of the good news i preached to you before i want to remind you of the good news i preached to you before if you are listening in this morning, I am reminding you of the good news. What is even the good news? When we tell people, go and preach, make sure, be sure to preach the good news. What are we talking about? <laughs> it is that Christ came to this world, died for you and I, and today is resurrected and seated at the right hand of the Father. And through him, we can be saved. That is the good news. So Paul says, let me now remind you, dear brothers and sisters, in case they forgot of the good news I preached to you before. You welcomed it then and you still stand firm on it. It is this good news that saves you if you continue to believe the message I told you, unless, of course, you believe something that was never true in the first place. This good news about what Christ did for us is what saves us that's it that is what saves us it is not trying to keep the dictates of the law it is not trying to work out our own salvation by by living godly lives no what saves us is the good news of what jesus did on the cross verse 3 says i pass on i pass on to you what was most important and what had also been passed on to me, Christ died for our sins, just as the scripture said. Christ died for our sins. All you have to do is take a look at the scriptures. And I'm talking about the whole Testament. Okay, I'm talking about the Greek, the Greek scriptures. I'm talking about what the, the prophets prophesied. 
600 years, 700 years, 800 years, 900 years before Jesus showed up on the scene. It was in fulfillment of scriptures. Christ died for our sins, just as the scripture said. He was buried, he was buried and was raised from the dead on, from the, dead on the third day, just as the scripture said. You know, it's amazing how much Isaiah the prophet, for example, talks about the suffering of the Messiah and about how David, King David in the Psalms, talks about his, 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 his suffering, his death, his burial, and then his resurrection. David said, ah, you will not allow my soul to rot in, in, to rot in hell. And, and, you know, Jesus was saying, you know, that couldn't have been about David. Obviously, <laughs> David is dead and buried. Ah, David was prophesying about the Messiah. He was prophesying about the Christ. But notice that. It says Christ died for our sins. The good news cannot be complete until we accept that Jesus came into this world. For him to die, he would have had to come. And it was in his dying that he paid the price for our sins. It says, just as the scripture said, after dying, then his burial and resurrection on the third day, just as the scripture said, is what breaks aha, the hold, the hold and the authority of Satan over us. Hallelujah. It says, just as the scripture said, verse 5, he was seen by Peter. Okay, so many of them saw him, several hundreds. Okay, you could not convince these people i said in fact the actions of the apostles the disciples are a proof that something happened to them that jesus resurrected the same people who were timid and hiding when jesus just after jesus died something happened to them some three four days after jesus you know jesus after he was resurrected these guys became bold these guys were willing to lay down their lives, okay, and be killed for what they believed in. It says, um, most of whom, no, let's back up. It says, after he, after, it says, uh, he was seen by Peter, first of all, then by the 12. After that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers, okay? So, more than enough eyewitnesses, and you could interview them at that time. At one time, most of whom are still at, alive. He was seen at, by more than 500 of his followers at one time, most of whom are still alive. Though some have died, yes, some were killed by the emperors. It says then he was seen by James and later by all the apostles. Last of all, as though I had been born at the wrong time, I also saw him. So Paul clarifies that he saw Jesus, I also saw him, for I am the least of all the apostles. In fact, I am not even worthy to be called an apostle after the way I persecuted God's church. But whatever I am now, it is all because God poured out his special favor on me. Paul said, whatever I am now, it is all because God poured out his special favor, his grace on me. 
and not without result. In other words, God's investment on me was not without result, for I have worked harder than any of the other apostles, yet it was not I, but God who was working through me by His grace. It was the grace of God that was enabling him. Paul is saying, so it makes no difference whether I preach or they preach, for we all preach the same message you have already believed. Okay, remember, we started this by the Corinthian church comparing, comparing the apostles against one another. Whether it was Peter and Paul, Peter and Apollos, uh, Paul and Apollos, they were comparing them, comparing how well, how grace they were. And Paul says, it makes no difference whether I preach or they preach. For we all preach the same message you have already, already believed. Now, so, after Jesus died and resurrected, it has its implication for us. Hallelujah. So Paul says, but tell me this, tell me this, verse 12, but tell me this, since we preach that Christ rose from the dead, why are some of you saying there will be no resurrection of the dead? So one of the heresy that was going around then, that those who have died have died and they are gone. Yes. And Paul was saying, how could you believe that if you believe us that Jesus was raised from the dead? He says, why are some of you saying there will be no resurrection of the dead? For if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised either. Christ has not been raised either. If there is no resurrection of the dead, then Jesus did not rise from the dead. And if Christ has not been raised, if Christ has not been raised, then all our preaching is useless and our faith is useless. If you can eliminate the resurrection of Jesus, which is Easter, that is what we celebrate on Easter Sunday, because now what we the one of the strategy of the of the devil is to elevate Christmas, Christmas, the birth of Jesus, elevate it. We celebrate it so much that we almost forget his resurrection. You see, outside his resurrection, we have not been freed from our sins. I'm telling you, because his death and then burial and resurrection paid the price for our sins and broke the power of Satan over us. He says, look, and if Christ has not been raised, then all our preaching is useless and your faith is useless. And we apostles will all be lying about God, for we have said that God raised Christ from the grave. But that can't be true if there is no resurrection of the dead. And if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then your faith is useless and you are still, you are still guilty of your sins. Okay? If Christ has not been raised from the dead, then we are still guilty of our sins. In that case, all who have died believing in Christ are lost. Yes. And if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more to be pitied than anyone in this world. If all our hope in Christ is only for this life, it's only for what we are living now, it's only for carnal things, Paul says, <laughs> we are more to be pitied than anyone in the world. 
notice, but in fact, in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. He is the first of a great harvest of all who have died. Jesus has been raised from the dead. Beyond, beyond, I think I walked, watched a documentary recently and scientists were, were proving that beyond any reasonable doubt, a man called Jesus was crucified. Okay, beyond, you cannot dispute it. He was crucified. And beyond any reasonable doubt, if you check the accounts, the accounts of those who wrote about him, comparing it with the writings of those times, it is beyond doubt that they claim, at least, maybe that's where, at worst, that's what you can hold on to, that they claim that they saw Jesus. But beyond any doubt, they saw Jesus. Yes, they saw Jesus. And Paul says that Jesus is the first fruit of a great harvest of all who have died. So you see, just as death came into the world through a man, now the resurrection from the dead has begun through, through another man. It has begun. Christ was the first fruit of that resurrection. I tell people, listen, when Christians die, you will not remain in your grave. You will hear the voice of the Son of God calling on to you. And you will come from that grave. Hallelujah. He says, it has begun. 22, just as everyone dies because we all belong to Adam, everyone who belongs to Christ will be given new life. Everyone who belongs to Christ. My question this morning is that do you belong to Christ? Have you surrendered your life to him? Just as Adam passed on death to us, Christ passes on life to us. Since but there is an order to this resurrection. Christ was raised as the first harvest, then all who belong to Christ will be raised when he comes back. All who belong to Christ will be raised when he comes back. There is an order to this resurrection, just like there was an order to the sin. Adam sinned first. And by Adam sinning, it passed it on to us. There is also an order. There is also an order to this, to this resurrection. Christ is the first fruit. Then all who belong to Christ will be raised when he comes back. After that, after that, the end will come. The end will come when he will turn the kingdom over to God the Father, having destroyed every ruler and authority and power. For Christ must reign until he humbles all his enemies beneath his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. Christ must reign. He must reign until he humbles all his enemies under his feet. And you see this, we'll read this in the book of Revelation, where the last enemy to be destroyed will, will be death. For the scripture says, God has put all things under his authority. God has put all things under his authority. Of course, when it says all things are under his authority, that does not include God himself, who gave Christ his authority give Christ his authority, then when all things are under his authority, the Son will put himself under God's authority, so that God, who gave his Son authority over all things, 
we utterly we be utterly supreme over everything over everything else hallelujah he said if the dead will not be raised what point is there in people being baptized for those who are dead why do it unless the dead will someday the dead will someday rise again and why should we ourselves risk our lives hour by hour I said something happened to these guys that they were ready to just lay down everything. Paul said, look, the reason why we are able to do this is because we know that Christ has risen from the dead. So why should we ourselves risk our lives hour by hour? For I swear, dear brothers, brothers and sisters, that I face death daily. This is as certain as my pride in what Christ Jesus our Lord has done in you. And what value is there in fighting white beasts? <laughs> Those people of Ephesus. Hey, if there will be no resurrection from the dead. Paul says, look, I am doing so much. I am sacrificing so much. Because I know that there is a resurrection of the dead. If there will be no resurrection of the dead. And if there is no resurrection, let's feast and drink for tomorrow we die. Hey, that's what we will say now. If one day we will not stand before God, then let's feast that Isaiah chapter 22 verse 13. Don't be fooled by those, by those who say such things. For bad company corrupts good character. <laughs> Think carefully about what is right and stop sinning. For to your shame, I say that some of you don't know God at all. Okay? So because the preaching that was being done then, you know, was... You know, a, a version of Gnosticism, you know, that says that, look, um, the, the spirit cannot be corrupted. The flesh, the flesh is evil. It's where all the evil dwell. And so, look, just live your life. Live your life however you want. Your spirit is fine. Live your life. And so, because there is no resurrection of the dead, there is no coming back, there is no giving account to God, then Let's, let's just continue sinning. Paul says, think carefully about what is right and stop sinning. For to your shame, I say that some of you don't know God at all. If you do know God, you will not be living like this. Say, but someone may ask, how will the dead be raised? What kind of body will they have? What a foolish question. When you put a seed in the ground, it doesn't grow into a plant unless it first dies. That's how the resurrection of the dead will be. These our bodies will be transformed in the twinkle of an eye. For those of us who are dead, for those who are alive, the Bible says in a moment, they also will be transformed. It says it doesn't grow into a plant unless it first dies. 37. And what you put in the ground is not the, is not the plant that will grow, but only a, but only a bare seed of wheat uh, but only a bare seed of wheat or whatever you are planting. Then God gives it the new body he wants it to have. A different plant grows from each kind of seed. Similarly, there are different kinds of seed flesh. One kind for humans, another for, for, for animals, another for birds, and another for fish. Our own flesh, what we will have, will be different. There are also bodies in the heavens and bodies on the earth. The glory of the heavenly body is different from the glory of the earthly bodies. The sun has one kind of glory, while the moon and stars each have another, another kind. And even the stars differ from each other in their glory. 
and that is why I tell people we will have different levels of glory. <laughs> it's, it's the same way with the resurrection of the dead. Our earthly bodies are planted in the ground when we die, but they will be raised to live forever. Hmm. Our bodies are buried in brokenness, but they will be raised in glory. Eh? In glory. So it is not this body that enters the ground that will come out of the ground for those of us who die. We will be transformed and given our glorious body. Our bodies are buried in brokenness. It doesn't matter what persecution we went to. True, they could have even killed us, pumped us full of bullets, cut off our necks. It doesn't matter. It says, but they will be raised in glory. Since they are buried in weakness, but they will be raised in strength. They are buried as natural human bodies, but they will be raised as spiritual bodies. Yes, we will have our spiritual bodies. For just as there are natural bodies, there are also spiritual bodies. Hmm? There are also spiritual bodies. So the scripture tells us the first Adam, the first man, Adam, became a living person. But the last Adam, that is Christ, is a life-giving spirit. The last Adam is a life-giving spirit. What comes first is the natural body. Then the spirit body comes later. Adam, the first man, was made from the dust of the earth. While Christ, the second man, came from heaven. Earthly people are like the earthly man and heavenly people are like the heavenly man. I am glad that I am like the heavenly man. I am like Christ. I have given my life to him. He says, just as we are now like the earthly man, we will someday be like the heavenly man. What I am saying, dear brothers and sisters, is that our physical bodies cannot inherit the kingdom of God. It doesn't matter how good these physical bodies are, they will not inherit the kingdom of God. These dying bodies cannot inherit what will last forever. But let me reveal to you a, a wonderful secret. And this is a mystery. God is Paul is saying, we will not all die. We will not all die. But we will all be transformed. All of us will be transformed. It will happen. It will happen in a moment. In the blink of an eye. When the last trumpet is blown. For when the trumpet sounds those who have died will be raised to live forever those who have died will be raised to live forever and we who are living will also be transformed for our dying bodies must be transformed into bodies that will never die and our mortal bodies must be transformed into immortal bodies when that trumpet sound those who have died in Christ we come from their grave. They will receive their resurrected body. They will come out from their graves. Those bodies that were in, some of them have decayed. Some of them have become dust. It will be transformed and they will receive their heavenly bodies. Those of us who are still alive, the Bible says in the twinkle of an eye, we will also be transformed. 54 says then when our dying bodies have been transformed into bodies that will never die, this scripture will be fulfilled. Which scripture? Death is swallowed up in victory. Isaiah chapter 25 verse 8. Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? Hosea chapter 13 verse 14. O death, where is your sting? 
for sin is a sin is this for sin is this thing that results in death and the law gives sin its power yes the law is what gives sin its power but thank god it gives us victory over sin and death through our lord jesus christ oh so my dear brothers and sisters be strong and immovable always walk enthusiastically for the lord for you know that nothing you do for the lord is ever useless Hmm? So I say to someone listening in this morning, nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Okay? So give thanks to God this morning for the victory that we have in Christ Jesus. Are you not excited? I am that I have the victory over sin. I don't know whether you realize it, but you have the victory over sin. You have the victory over death in Christ the day is coming when we will be able to say to death, death, where is your sting? Why? Because we would have conquered death. Hallelujah. Will you say thank you to God this morning? Thank God this morning. Lord, we say thank you, Father, because in Christ we have overcome. In Christ we have overcome. And I pray for everyone listening this morning, if you do not belong to Jesus, this is the morning where you need to call on the Lord and say, Lord, save me. I want to become your home. Yes, Lord. I want to be I want to become your home. Lord, save me. Make me a child of God. Make that your prayer this morning. Father, I pray for everyone who is lifting up their hearts to you. I declare and I pray that you will make them your home. Save them, O oh God. We give you all the praise, precious Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, thank you so much for listening today. God bless you. Enjoy your day.